Hello, friends. Welcome back to Ordinary People and Extraordinary Lives. My name is Lance Bain. Good to have you with me again on episode 180 of our little podcast designed to help us experience the grace of God while we live, lead, and overcome life's everyday challenges. I'm so glad that you are with me again. If you are a new listener, welcome. Thank you so much for being with us today. It's a real privilege to have you. And if you are one of our many regular listeners, I am so grateful, so, so, so grateful that you continue to check in with us week after week after week after week. I love you. Thank you for listening. If you want to know more about me, check out LanceBain.com, L-A-N-C-E-B-A-N-E.com, and you can get many other resources, find out where the podcast is being streamed on multiple platforms. And as always, please leave a review, leave a rating wherever you may be listening and share this with your friends. This is episode 180. I can't believe 180 episodes. You know, we started this podcast. This has already exceeded anything I sort of imagined or dreamed about. Maybe I was dreaming too small. Maybe my imagination was too limited. But here we are on episode 180. And today's topic is the proximity of a leader. The proximity of a leader. One of the metaphors that's not uncommon in the realm of leadership is that of shepherding. My leadership context, primarily outside of my family and marriage, is not-for-profit. I pastor a church, and one of the overwhelming and most consistent metaphors for leadership in a church or religious context is shepherding. But I also believe that that metaphor carries over into any context in which leadership is required. A shepherd is a leader. They lead the flock. They protect the flock. They help the the, the flock uh, find nutrition and water. So today, because shepherds need to be close, we're going to talk about the proximity of a leader and why that is important. Have you ever had a time where either you as a leader or if you someone you were on a team, a ministry, or in a small group or whatever, and someone was your leader, that absence was there. Like the leader wasn't there, you weren't there. You weren't there maybe mentally, maybe you weren't there physically, maybe you're just absent. It creates a real vacuum, and society doesn't do well with vacuums. I heard it said many years ago that the old adage that if you plant potatoes, what are you going to get? Potatoes. If you if you uh, grow an orange tree, what are you going to get? You're going to get oranges. And then they would say, well, if you don't plant anything, what are you going to get? And everybody said, nothing. And that's not true. If you go out to a piece of property on your where you live and create a small little garden, but don't plant anything, I promise you something will grow in that space. A society, culture, creation doesn't like a vacuum. Something's going to fill it. And when leaderships do, when leaders do not have proximity, then something is filling in the vacuum, the space, the gap between you and those that you're leading. And we can't afford as leaders. We have to minimize that gap as much as possible. Because I don't want other cultures, other values, other things being sown into, grown into, thrown into the area where I have been given a leadership responsibility. And I don't want that for you. I want you to be fruitful and effective. I want you to have joy in leading, even when it's difficult. And I want you to be a leader that is close, that you're close to those 
that you're leading. So the proximity of a leader is really, really important. And if you grab that metaphor of shepherding that I talked about a couple of minutes ago, then what you recognize is that a shepherd stays close to his flock. He's able to see them. The sheep are able to hear the shepherd. Uh, he's able to, to be watchful for their safety and for their well-being. He's also able to get a handle on where the green pastures, where the places of fresh water. That is a great picture for you and I as a leader. You're a shepherd, so we need to be close. There are three areas of proximity that I have identified, and I want to tell you why I believe each area is important. The three areas in which a leader needs to have healthy, uh, respectful, and useful proximity, uh, helpful, and useful, and respectful. Helpful, useful, and respectful, because there is uh, lines that are drawn by HR departments, by HIPAA laws by just cultural etiquette, what is normal, what is healthy, and what is reasonable. And so proximity has to be really measured by that which is helpful, that which is respectful, and that which is useful. And the three areas of which an er a leader needs to have proximity is physical, emotional, and intellectual. So let me talk to you about physical proximity. And if you're interested in knowing more about this, I did an entire podcast, episode 124, called Eight Benefits of Being Physically Present. Eight Benefits of Being Physically Present. It's episode podcast number 124. But let me readdress this issue of being a physically present leader. I was doing a little bit of reading and I came across a a quote from psychologist Susan Pinker, and she says that direct person-to-person -person contact triggers parts of our nervous system that release a cocktail of neurotransmitters tasked with regulating our response to stress and anxiety. In other words, when we communicate with people face-to-face, -face, it could help to make us more resilient to stress factors in the long run. She goes on to say, face-to-face -face contact releases a whole cascade of these neurotransmitters. Like a vaccine, they protect you now in the present and well into the future. So simply shaking hands, giving somebody a high five, is enough to release oxytocin, which increases your level of trust, and it lowers your cortisol levels, so it lowers your stress. I heard a guy say many years ago that the, the gentleman's handshake was a way of saying, I don't have a gun with which to harm you. It, it, powerful, powerful um, expressions and powerful results happen when we are physically present leaders. Susan Pinker, this psychologist, simply tells us what can happen in our own body. Lowering cortisol levels, lowering stress, increasing oxytocin, something as simple as a handshake or giving somebody a high five. Now, you may not be able to do this in your professional leadership context, but maybe within your leadership of your family context. Science also tells us that a hug of 20 seconds or more begins to release those kind of uh, hormones in our body that promote healing. Friends, being physically present allows us the opportunity to lower stress, to increase trust, and to 
actually have the kind of interaction with others that serves them for the best. Being physically present, it demonstrates to your team that you are engaged, that you are present, that you are here, that you're not all aloof, just wasting your time, you know, taking it easy while everybody else is sweating at the brow, making it happen. Being physically present also says, I'm available. One of the things that I love to do in my office is keep my door open. And when my door is open, that is a way of saying, hey, I'm available. Come in. Let's chat. You want to hang out? You want to connect? You want to talk? You have a problem? You have an issue? You need some direction? Whatever. But when I'm not physically present, it doesn't matter if the door is open or not. Being physically present says, I'm available. Another benefit of being physically present is that you're observant. You're able to observe the morale of your staff, the morale of your group, what's going on. You're able to know who's there, who's not there. How are things getting done? How are things going? You're able to be ready in the moment to solve problems. Your observance of your culture and the area in which you are leading goes up tremendously when you are physically present. So you can have health benefits. You're more engaged. You, you communicate that I'm available, I'm with you, we're doing this together, and you're more observant. Now, a couple of practical uh, applications of this would simply be maybe have regular hours. So I make it a point, I make it a point to come in on Mondays and Tuesdays, and usually Wednesdays and, and Thursdays. You, you figure that out for you in whatever your leadership context is. But when there's consistent, regular hours, regular availability, that helps people. Also, having the door open, having some kind of policy that people know that when you're available. Maybe you want to make your cell phone available, a cell phone number available, maybe your email address, maybe some social media handles that you want to put out there in which you utilize to communicate with other people. And lastly, I would say about being a physically present leader is the power of walking around, of just walking around and getting into other people's spaces. One of the things that I want to do with my team is to come into their space. Not just require everybody to come to my space because I'm the guy in charge, but I want to come to their space. Don't always do it as often as I want, but I like doing it because I want to say your space is also valuable. Your space is also amazing. Your space is also space where great things can happen. Difficult conversations can, can, be, can take place. Wonderful results can come from that. Creativity, innovation, collaboration. Being a physically present leader, particularly in a time due to COVID where we have more remote work and more hybrid work, I want to make a case for being physically present as much as possible. Let's talk about emotional proximity. We just discussed physical proximity and why I believe that is important for a leader. How about emotional proximity? Have you ever thought of that? Have you ever thought about being emotionally close to your team? I was chatting with a friend recently, uh, more of an acquaintance that's kind of serving a unique role in my life. And when I was asking, you know, what sort of connection do you develop with the people that you help? It wasn't much. And I was a little surprised by that. I was surprised by the nature of what this person does has strong boundaries for not allowing too much bonding. And I thought, without the kind of bonding, how do you serve the people in this particular role and in this particular function? It seems very strange to me. So emotional proximity is very important. Let me share with you a few reasons why I think it's important. Number one, it's about connection. 
In reading a book called More Than Words, the author articulates that ultimately what every person wants is connection. And your nervous system, when you enter into the presence of another, is immediately scanning that other individual, that person, the circumstance, the situation, their body language, their tone, what's going on in your life, maybe what's going on in their life, scanning it all to figure out how safe am I in this moment. Connection is a lot about trust and it's about safety. It's about the power to be honest and to be vulnerable. And those are the kind of ideas that are going to measure connection. Emotional proximity values connection. Emotional proximity works on protecting connection and building connection. And if you want to know, is connection happening? Then examine how much trust is in the relationship. How safe do you and others feel in that relationship? And the safety is tested by honesty. It's tested in the area of vulnerability. Another value for being emotionally close and having emotional proximity is that you get to receive and share from one another. You get to receive the emotions from another. You get to share emotions with another. I love celebrating with people. I also like being there when things are very difficult. Even today, I received a call from a person who attends our church that has had a difficult time lately. I haven't seen them in several weeks. And to be emotional emotionally prox- close to them, to have emotional proximity while we're on a phone call is valuable because they want to receive hope and life and emotions, positive emotions from a leader. They also want to know, are you present? Are you listening? Are you connected? And being emotionally close and having emotional proximity, again, that is helpful and respectful and useful, it allows for the receiving and sharing with the goal of giving life to each other of compassion, empathy, kindness, generosity. A third reason that emotional proximity is valuable is because trust breeds efficiency and trust breeds enjoyment. When you have emotional proximity, you really are beginning to lay the building blocks of trust in a relationship. When I pull on the rope, are you going to be on the other end? When, when Can I trust you to protect my character? Can I trust you to cover my weaknesses? Can I trust you to adequately share the praise? Can I trust you in the places where life is difficult or life is amazing? I want to be able to trust you. And trust, I believe, in working with an organization, it breeds efficiency. It breeds emotional efficiency, creative efficiency, innovative efficiency, relational efficiency. The morale of an organization goes up. The relationships are more enjoyable because trust breeds, I believe, more efficiency. You're not having to micromanage or follow up as frequently because you trust that things are going to get done. People are going to be cared for. People are going to be loved. The organization is going to move forward, and the environment is a lot more enjoyable. Trust is so important, and I would encourage you to consider, maybe if you don't have enough Um, knowledge in this area of considering the work by Brene Brown in vulnerability and trust, and also the work by Patrick Lencioni, L-E-N-C-I-O-N-I, Patrick Lencioni in the area of trust, particularly his sentimental work on the five dysfunctions of a team. The fourth reason that I believe emotional proximity is valuable is because you are demonstrating that you're trustworthy and others are demonstrating they are trustworthy. Are you picking up the idea of trust and emotional proximity, it is so important. It is so critical to the efficiency and effectiveness of your leadership.
Let me make one last comment about emotional proximity. Awareness is really important. You need to be aware of how you're doing and name those emotions and manage yourself in a way that you bring the best you to the situation and to the leadership as much as possible. Here's the third area of proximity, intellectual proximity. Yeah, intellectual proximity. Why is this important? Because leaders transfer knowledge and they transfer wisdom. Many times, leaders are those who have gone ahead. They have more experience or they've been trained in an area, uh, academic training or mentorship or apprenticeship or coaching or just being in the trenches and getting it done and learning some things. There is a tremendous amount of emotional um, and intellectual proximity. And so having an intellectual proximity gives people access to your mind. It gives people access to the things that you know that they may not know. And intellectual proximity welcomes the strengths of others. It's not just you and I as leaders giving strength, but it's welcoming the strengths that others bring so that you foster synergy and collaboration. There are many people on my staff who do things way better than I do. And I want to have intellectual proximity with them. I want to be able to pull on their knowledge. I want to be able to pull on their wisdom. I want to be able to glean from and receive from their wisdom, their experience, their perspective, their history, their knowledge, their wisdom. And in doing so, it adds value to me. It's an inheritance. I received something that I didn't have to work for. What a beautiful gift, inheritance in leadership and the type of synergy and collaboration that can create friends. You start to feel real momentum, and that is an awesome reality. Another reason that intellectual proximity is so critical is because you start to see team success as greater than personal success. Have you heard these professional athletes say, I'm willing to relinquish personal success or personal accomplishment or personal recognition as long as the team wins? It's about the team. It's not just about the individual. And every individual has to contribute to that part. But many professional athletes play a team sport and they recognize that I would rather um, compromise or diminish personal success if the team reaches its potential. This is why trust is so, so critical. You start to experience team successes, not only personal successes. You value what the team can do together more than we value what any one individual can accomplish. And lastly, I would say intellectual proximity is so important because it creates a community of sharing and learning and curiosity. Sharing and learning and curiosity. Some of the smartest people I know are able to glean and receive from others, synthesize their input and bring it down and let it contribute to the vision, let it contribute to their decision-making grid, and everyone gets to have a voice. Why? Because as leaders, we understand that the proximity of a leader is significant. Physical proximity, emotional proximity, and intellectual proximity. Hey, I hope that's been helpful for you today to be a leader that's not distant, but close, touchable, reachable, accessible, available, relevant. I want that for you. I want that for me as well. Thanks for listening. Episode 180 of our little podcast here. Ordinary people, extraordinary lives. Hey, everybody, have a great week. Stay healthy, stay hopeful, and I'll talk to you again soon.